Injuries are always a sore matter in the NBA. They plague a team from possibly keeping them from achieving their full potential. It can cause missed playoff opportunities and ruin players' careers. So why is it that there are people out there who think that the NBA and basketball overall, in general, over-dramatize their injuries? I've seen injuries much more severe in some NBA games than hockey and football, though those two contact sports do produce many more gruesome injuries. Maybe those people who don't think basketball players actually get hurt should watch Kevin Ware's leg injury. Of course, there are players like Vince Carter, which claim injury like jumper's knee to excuse himself from poor performance and a desire to be traded. And though these actions don't give basketball injuries a seriousness it deserves, it does not help the cause. But there have been some pretty brutal injuries that, are show, that show basketball players aren't impervious to major injury, even though it's not a contact sport. Steve Nash popping his broken nose back into place in game. Ugh. Gordon Hayward suffered a gruesome ankle injury this year. And Paul George with that broken leg that many thought would end his career. Although injuries can be seem upsetting in the moment and frustrating in the rehabilitation process, the comeback story is always the best part that is overlooked. The process of healing and putting in the work to play that game on that beautiful hardwood court once again. My next guest recently recovered from an injury, a broken foot to be exact. And like Paul George, he's back on the court to dominate. And he has a mean jump shot like Kobe himself and a lockdown defense. Please welcome to the show, Mario Griffith. We just saw a big time play, big, big time play. Wow, what an intro. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So Mario, I have known you for a couple of years now. You are, uh, we first met, you are a mutual friend uh, from another friend of mine. And now we're friends ourselves. Uh, we play basketball together and you live in Toronto. Is that right? Mm-hmm, correct. I think we're friends. Now we are. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we're friends if we're doing this podcast. So you, living in the big city of Toronto, have a, an extreme passion for basketball, and I couldn't think of anybody better to interview to, to have on my second episode of this podcast. So, Mario, let's start off with your favorite team. Ooh, that's an interesting one. Um, so being a Torontonian, I have to say my favorite team is obviously the Toronto Raptors, um, but the Golden State Warriors are pretty good as well. So, out of the two, which love do you have more for? The homeboys or the uh, reigning champions? The homeboys. Um, <laughs> being a Torontonian, I feel like I have to uh, have them as my number one team. But um, Golden State, once again, is amazing. But I do root for the hometown. Okay, that's awesome. And so, what do you think of both teams so far? So, uh, Toronto Raptors currently are first in the Eastern Division, and in the West, the Golden State Warriors are second, right under the Thunder. It's hmm. a good question. I think Toronto is um, definitely in a good place right now, um, albeit it's only like barely even thirty games in, in the season so far. Um, the, the team is meshing well. They're collaborating really well and integrating Kawhi um, as well. Uh, and, um, yeah, I think the sky's the limit, really. Um, they're known, obviously, historically to be a good regular season team. So yeah. the, the true barometer and the true test does not, does not begin until the playoffs. 
Um, and me being a diehard, longtime um, Toronto Raptors fan, um, I know that the regular season means nothing to them right now. <laughs> this is really true. Uh, like I, I, I myself am a big Raptors fan. Have watched them countless times go great season runs, but then go into the playoffs and they just forget what they were doing. Mm-hmm, exactly. So yeah, the playoffs will be the true test. But uh, right now they're on the, uh, I think, uh, a good trajectory overall. Um, for Golden State, I'd say they're Golden State. Like, they've won, what, three out of the last four uh, championships. So, like, right now uh, they're not in the best place. Obviously, um, still a lot of folks are still getting back from injury. Um, I believe they're still waiting on Draymond to return uh, next week. And then uh, DeMarcus, hopefully, within the next month or two. So I think they'll be fine. Um, they're the ch- they're the champs, um, and I I feel like they're going to win it. Honestly. Again. Oh, oh. So out of the two, that was that was actually leading to my next question. Who do you think is good? you think the Golden State Warriors are going to take it home instead of the Raptors? They're too talent heavy right now. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Durant and Steph Curry alone um, are scary to deal with in the playoffs. So uh, I think Demarcus. If they're not already over the top, like he puts them over the top for the championship this season. And that's something I, I really kind of wanted to actually, that was another one of my questions that I kind of wanted to go over. DeMarcus Cousins comes back after the Christmas break. So what do you mm-hmm. think? Do you think he'll add to the team or do you think he has too big of a, you know, that star role kind of in his head, that, that, that mentality, and he'll try to take away from Steph or K- KD? Yeah, so um, I think to start like with, with any trade or like changing of rosters on sports teams, there's going to be a feeling out process. Um, but you're adding a, a, a 25 and 10 guy. Um, <laughs> so I, I feel like the talent would, um, talent cures all um, from an like integration and overall like meshing perspective for any um, team or any sports team. Yeah. So I, I think his, his passion and his uh, ego um, will fuel the team similar to how like Draymond fuels the team today, and I anticipate like between the two of them as well as Kevin Durant, they're probably butt heads every now and then. Um, but th- their games will speak for themselves, and I think they'll be um, extremely successful. Yeah, it's you're definitely right. There is no excuse that they they don't have enough talent. They have more than enough talent for what they have on Golden State. Um, but yeah. On to that subject of Draymond and KD. Um, so there's been a little bit of tussling, uh, maybe some harsh words being thrown at each other while they're on the court. What do you think is happening there? Like, I think the media is just looking for a story, to be honest. <laughs> you like, don't think Draymond is trying to take the team? Uh, where would he take it to? Like, Draymond knows he's the, what, fifth option on the team? Mm-hmm. Um, like, from an like offensive standpoint? Like he's the, he's the heart and soul of the team, um, and like without him, like I wouldn't say like they wouldn't be able to win a championship, but it'll be a lot more difficult to win without him. But oh, like yeah. everyone knows their role at this point. Um, once again, two very passionate um, competitors and, and athletes, um, and I say like future Hall of Famers, <laughs> and I think they'll figure it out. Yeah, hopefully, and I I think as well. We had a kind of a little bit of a look um, when some of the media had asked the Golden State Warriors who they who they kind of would, would were to pick, and they kind of got behind KD's camp. So I think hopefully those players can see that they they really put a big emphasis on KD's role with the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. Um, like once again, when you think about when you think about those players that will like put you over the top from a like championship pedigree perspective, um, the KDs, the Stats, the Demarcus Cousins, like those are the types of players, the the potentially or I guess arguably like the top five um, at their respective roles in, in the league uh, to get you that championship. Definitely. And so talking about those, we you kind of threw in another name there, Curry. We haven't talked about him a little bit yet. Curry's been out for an injury uh, in his groin area, and he just came back. Uh, but while he was gone, the Golden State Warriors were in a 5-6 and six run, where they only had five wins and six losses. So what do you think about that? So it's expected. Like, injuries happen, right? Like The, the team is obviously, well, at least from an officer standpoint, uh, a totally different team with him both in like versus out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, like when he's on the floor, he's Steph Curry. He can literally shoot from anywhere. So <laughs> like defenses have like defenses have to hone in on him. Um, and like, like he just causes chaos for for the defense. Oh, yeah. um, and he, he's a catalyst for their uh, like movement offense. So, um, like, when he's not in the lineup, uh, they obviously go to, um, I'd say, less movement overall and more ISO-heavy offense, uh, which could get them into trouble at times. But I feel like it was expected. Um, at this point, like, and even uh, going back to my earlier point on, like, for example, like the Toronto Raptors being a great regular season team, the Golden State Warriors, they're just a great team. Like, at this point, <laughs> I don't think they need to focus on the regular season as much. Um, it's really, and I think their focus is, like, make, just making sure everyone's healthy getting out of the regular season. Um, and it's all about the playoffs. Definitely. And you do kind of, like, uh, answer the question that I was going to have next, worrying about if Steph gets hurt again. But you've already kind of answered that. They've been in the playoffs where Steph has been injured and he's been out, and, and they've been able to pull out games uh, with Clay and KD. So no need to worry, I guess, <laughs> if he gets injured again. Yeah, and if he gets injured, um, well, knock on wood, hopefully he doesn't. But if he, does, if he gets <laughs> injured during the playoffs or ahead of the playoffs, they'll not only have KD and, and Clay now, they'll have Demarcus as well. So. I think they'll be fine. All right. Um, so talking about those players, we're talking about the big wigs right now. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe we want to go a little bit more broad here. Uh, is there anybody else on Golden State that you see kind of uh, helping the team kind of achieve their dream that we, we don't really look at as much? Kind of some supporting players. Uh, supporting players. Oh, um, obviously, obviously two that come to mind for me is Sean Livingston and Andre Iguodala. Oh yes, um, they are the elder statesmen of the team, and the, <laughs> um, I think like they're catalysts coming off the bench. Uh, like two very experienced players, very smart, um, not overly talented in any in any specific areas, especially given their age today. But um, like two two, I'd say um, just resounding forces um, that help them kind of like steady the wave um, throughout a game. Yeah, definitely. The second, I think. Golden State's one of their greatest um, kind of like strengths that they have is that they have that second string. And you're exactly right in saying Sean Livingston and Iguodala are two of those great leaders that they, they can start, but when they go for that second string, they're just unstoppable. I wouldn't say unstoppable, but yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> they're really good players that oh, help force to be reckoned uh, with. Be yes. Yeah. 
All right. Um, so let's talk about some MVP picks here. So we talked a little bit about the Toronto Raptors, a little bit more. I want to kind of lead us a little bit more into Golden State, um, as I find a lot of the guests I have on here talk about the Raptors. Um, so mm-hmm. MVPs, who do you think is going to be in the contention? Top three, do you have an idea? Top three, uh, challenging. It's only, once again, 30 games in, but um, obviously it's like Steph. I think both Steph and uh, Durant have to be in the conversation. Oh, yes. uh, just given their talent and like the performances that they've had when they're healthy um, mm-hmm. so far this season have been astronomical. Um, Kawhi, I throw in there as well. Uh, once again, being uh, the Toronto, Toronto fan that I am, uh, and he's been playing. He's been playing out of his mind as well. Um, you said top five, right? So those are top three. Oh, I, I gave the like top three, year. but give me the top five. Oh, give okay. me the top five. Oh, uh, uh, LeBron every year. Uh, although I'm a LeBron <laughs> hater, and I'll say it on record, um, LeBron is this one of a kind, um, kind of the, the MJ of this time right now. Yes. Um, so he has to be there, and then. I think it's really up for debate for actually that fifth person, uh, Giannis from Milwaukee. Um, once again, I'm not a huge fan of Giannis or the Milwaukee Bucks in general. <laughs> oh, um, no. But he is a, a force to be reckoned with as well. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting that you gave some of those names out. I, my last guest, I talked to him. We had said only LeBron if he could pull the Lakers to the playoffs. Uh, Giannis has definitely been killing it right now, uh, and so he was a big name. And Steph and Durant, especially um, now that the now that Steph is healthy and Durant kind of pulled a couple of those games uh, without Steph. Uh, but my question here is with Kawhi Leonard, he's kind of a robot. So why do you think Kawhi is going to get the votes that he needs? Like he he doesn't seem like he's enjoying himself on the Raptors. <laughs> um, cool. Do you think that'll stop him, like, from getting the vote for MVP just because he's not enjoying playing with the Raptors? Or, well, that's your perspective, first off, on the fact that he's not enjoying it. I think, but he never smiles. Well, that that is Kawhi. That is his personality, right? He doesn't true, true. show much emotion. Um, he leads by example and not by like beating his chest um, or having a huge um, or any social media following or media following in general. Um, but yeah, like, I don't, I don't see why not. Like his, the numbers are there and like both like in terms of his productivity as well as the wins and losses for the team. So like, I'm not sure like if they'll be changing how MVP consideration is made this season, uh, but it doesn't seem like it. And it's really wins and losses and like how well are they producing in terms of making that decision. So I think it'll be uh, fine. Okay. Nice. So I'm, I'm glad that you, you still see him in the contention. I'm really rooting for him. Um, but looking into it, so uh, I only want – I know that there's going to be a lot more teams that are going to be going to the playoffs. But just because we're so early into the season, can you give me three from the East and three from the West that you are definite sure going to go into the uh, playoffs? Oh, in terms of the, the East, Toronto, of course. Uh, Boston, uh, although struggling right now, yes. um, tons of talent, tons of youth, um, and I'd say lastly, Philly. Uh, oh. Similar, yeah, this, uh, I think they're going to be a dark horse uh, in the East. Um, 
With Jimmy Butler, 100%. I, I think that they kind of got that extra mojo with him. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the East, like, although I feel like the, the West, in my perspective, has weakened a little bit this mm-hmm. season, like the East in the past years have been a joke. So <laughs> it's really those top three teams from the East and then everyone else, and then they'll figure it out. Um, in the West, I'd say it's a bit more up in the air this season. Oh, yes. But obviously Golden State, uh, for sure. And then I'm trying to think. So, like, based on, like, the standings today, I believe uh, Denver's second. Um, but I think, like, just, like, how they are currently constructed um, and the amount of youth, uh, like, on, like, on the team right now, like, I, I don't see them making it. So, um, that, I guess that, that's a team I think will not make it. <laughs> but um, the, the Lakers, of course, with LeBron, um, they might be a seventh or eighth seed. Um, and then uh, OKC as well. I think they'll make it. Um, the Russell Westbrook, Paul George um, onslaught and collaboration has been really well um, so far this season. Um, and yeah, I think they'll make it. Especially since like they they're two very large stars there who play very dominant games. Uh, it's nice to see that Russell Westbrook has actually given some of his uh, like some of the ball handling back to Paul George and said, "Hey, you know what?" If you're going to win us games, then uh, I'll let you have the ball more than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with any team, like, in order to be successful, I'd say both on the court and in life, like, you're going to have to make sacrifices, right? So yeah, um, I'd say it's up to the star player uh, to put aside a bit, a bit of the pride um, and really just be collaborative and open to change. Now, I'm interested in one of your answers. You said the Lakers. So I'm interested, why do you think the Lakers? Because they are going through it up and down like a roller coaster of a season. Like, will they make it? Won't they make it? So what is what makes you so confident that they're going to make it? Do you think the LeBron is LeBron just going to pull? Has, he single-handedly brought teams to the finals in the past <laughs> season. So I Very think true. he could get a team into the playoffs. Okay. So just out of LeBron's sheer will for the game. Literally, he will drag them to that 7th or 8th seed in my mind. All right. So moving on to the next... Um, I want to talk about, you've already mentioned LeBron being one of your most disliked uh, characters in the NBA. I kind of see the NBA as kind of like a a TV show almost with these different type of characters in it. So can you tell me who are your least favorite or dislike players? Maybe give me your top three and like why you think these players are so overrated or so terrible. I wouldn't say necessarily overrated or terrible. Like with LeBron... um... (sighs) Like with the the media, I'd say scrutiny um, that's followed like followed him throughout his career. Um, the fact that like he's bounced around many teams and assembled <laughs> quote unquote super teams and then denied that he assembled these teams. Um, like that's a big factor for me. Um, but that's enough about LeBron. Um, trying to think of who else. Um, it's their personalities more of. Yeah, like yeah, you're saying like, LeBron's, like his loyalty, for example, is not very. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, the fact that the, I think part of it's the, the media uh, attention that's come with him. Um, the, like LeBron, MJ, LeBron, Kobe comparisons, I, I, like, I think are pointless. Um, they're different types of players uh, from different eras in some cases. Oh, so, yes. And I'm a Kobe fan all the way, so Kobe's better. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> other players that I, I don't like, um, I, I wouldn't say there's 
So, like, with, Russ, like with Russell Westbrook, I'd say for me it's like it's a love-hate uh, in terms of my support for him. Um, oh. Obviously, he's a, a freak of nature, um, extremely talented player. Um, uh, I'd say, like, at times a bit too over the top for my liking. Um, and then, you, like, you hear about the stories of him, like, chasing triple doubles um, at the detriment <laughs> of his team. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't appreciate that. Um, and then a third person that I don't like that much. Um, can I say LeVar, LeVar Ball? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, yes. You can add him in. He's in the, the NBA. The Ball family. Yeah, like it's not even like it's not like specifically Lonzo, uh, but like just like his dad and like even his brothers. Like I'm not a fan of how. Oh, yeah. Um, just based on what I'm hearing and um, just that once again, like over the top, like cockiness um that's being portrayed like across, throughout the family yeah. um i think it obviously starts with lavar and like it trickles <laughs> down obviously to his um children but yeah like there's just that um aura that they that they're that they're giving off um is just not i don't I, like i don't think that by any means is a representation of like what the nba stands for so yeah that's my answer for the third person <laughs> although not an nba player yeah, definitely a lot of ego with the Ball family. Um, and I like yeah. he's just a, like a loudspeaker. He just like praises his kids and hypes them up a little too much. Like Mellow Ball is next, I think, in the hype kind of arena. I'm hearing a lot of things about him. Yeah, and then like just similar to Donald Trump, like he just like, <laughs> speaks. He makes broad like just crazy statements that make no sense um, and have no merit to the statement as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Good comparison. Very good comparison. <laughs> All right. Um, so we understand that you're super passionate about, obviously, NBA and basketball as together. But uh, in this podcast, I like to listen to the guests that I have on and hear about where their adventure with basketball began and uh, what really kicked off that passion. So uh, could you tell us, like, did you start your passion for basketball, like high school, elementary school? What, when did you start with this? Um. Ooh, I, I feel like I, so I became a, I'd say a basketball fan uh, and player in like, I want to say the, like 2005. Um, so like, uh, I don't have the bandwidth to do the math right now for how long that is, but that's around the same time I started watching the Raptors for the first time. Um, so like the, the Vinsanity era, um, like really, I'd say like sparked my, my interest and passion for it. Um, and yeah, like really just w- use that pa- like with that passion, um, like, like started going to games, watching it, like every game of the season, um, if I'm not physically at the game, like on TV, um, as well as playing in my backyard as well. Um, my, my dad, uh, I think spoiled me uh, as a kid and I actually have a, he, like he, he turned my backyard into a basketball court. No so, way. Uh, yeah, he, like he paved it, like there's tiles and all that. So. Yeah, <laughs> that that was a catalyst as well, um, and then really just playing on every um, like basketball team at school, whether that's like down to like or, like I say like kindergarten, um, middle school, high school. Um, I stopped at uh, university, but um, yeah, that's just because I had to actually grow up and uh, focus on my career. <laughs> yeah, but that's a lot of childhood basketball. Could you tell me of like a highlight, maybe in like was it high school? I don't know. Whatever you remember the most like the biggest highlight you had while playing basketball? 
Oh yeah, um, so, <laughs> it's funny. So I, I'd say it's more of a low light, but I'd say a, a notable <laughs> oh, no. mention would be um, when I played uh, high school basketball. Um, I got dunked on for the first time, uh, and I, th- I want to say it was grade uh, ten. Um, so, like traditionally, or I guess growing up, like I played the center slash power forward uh, position, um, and at that point, I feel like that, like that was when like everyone like else around me and like the teams that I faced, like everyone grew and I may have hit puberty at a, at a later uh, stage of my life at that point. So oh, no. playing a center, I think I was guarding like a seven foot, I don't know, I want to say like 200 pound man um, of an animal uh, that just dunked on me. And yeah, uh, <laughs> for, from that day on, I think I started like, hitting the weight room a lot more um, and really just focusing on my body. And um, I'd say that, that fueled the passion for uh, being a tenacious defender today. Oh, <laughs> well, that's, that's quite a story. And that's a, that's a good kind of like <laughs> rise from the ashes, kind of, you know, yeah, train definitely. yourself, put in the work, pull yourself by your own bootstraps and try to get better at the game. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> Awesome. So, uh, did you have a favorite move that you like to do as well when you play basketball? Do you have like a certain like crossover or uh, even a defensive technique that you love to use when you're playing basketball? That was kind of like your your very own feature. Um. Ooh, you're really getting some nitty gritty of things. Uh, for me, oh, definitely. Um, growing up, like I started kind of like emulating or. Um, copying the moves of uh, Chris Botch. Mm-hmm. So, um, although I wasn't a fan of his when he, when he left Toronto, um, <laughs> his, his post moves and like hook shots and like baby hooks, uh, like those would be the things that I practice in my backyard um, when I was younger. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, although I, I mentioned that he's in my top three of people I, I don't like as much, uh, I'd say the, the Russell Westbrooks of the world, um, like that kind of like in your face, um, defender and like just the, the tenacity on the defensive side, um, yeah. as well as obviously getting uh, most, my most recent inspiration, um, from Kawhi Leonard, um, and just how, like how he, um, kind of like mans the paint and the perimeter as well. Um, oh, yeah. and that I think overall this dedication to stopping your man, um, and not like allowing them to score. So. Oh, that's definitely like a great attitude to have on the court, like ensuring that even if your man passes you, that you're not going to allow the ball to to essentially score on you. Yeah. That's definitely awesome. Uh, well, thank you for giving us a little bit about your uh, personal experience with basketball. Um, we like to go and move into a segment that I like to call um, court vision. So court vision is a little bit of a trivia section now. Uh, you talked a little bit about Golden State. So is it all right if I give you a couple of trivia questions about your second favorite team, the Golden State Warriors? Definitely. Okay, so we'll start off easy, and we'll kind of start getting a little bit harder and harder as we go into this. So the first question is, who has the most minutes per game for the Golden State Warriors? Ooh. Yeah. It's a great question. Uh, like minutes, minutes per game. Per game. Average, average. or overall? Average. Average. Okay. Um, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but I'm going to go with Draymond. Ooh, very close. Very close. No, it, it was. <laughs> it's actually um, Kevin Durant. Uh, that little suspension kind of 
gave him the little edge. Uh, Kevin Durant kind of got a couple more minutes there. Okay, that, that makes sense. All right. Um, so we obviously know that Steph Curry has the most points and is the most paid. Uh, and we know the top three who are the most paid would be him, uh, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. Um, so, but I want to know where you rank the next three highest paid players. So Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, and Sean Livingston. Who do you think gets paid the most out of those three? I feel like Andre does, like as of right now. Because... You think Andre gets paid? And then who do you think takes the fifth place for the most paid? Draymond? Is it Draymond? And then last place would be Sean Livingston, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you were right for the... Uh, Sean Livingston is paid underneath uh, Draymond and Andre Iguodala, but uh, Draymond Green mm-hmm. is actually paid the fourth most in the Golden State Warriors. Very close, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I was thinking about like uh, the fact that I, I believe that like, this is the final year in his contract, mm-hmm. and the, um, there was the whole like Andre Iguodala sweepstakes uh, this past oh, season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I thought they had bumped him up, but I guess, yeah, that makes sense that Draymond's still above him. Okay, so we know DeMarcus Cousins was taken for a deal by the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. Do you know how yeah. much he was taken for? What his salary was? About is $5 million. Ooh, year? right on the money. So, yeah, that's exactly how much uh, DeMarcus Cousins makes $5 million. A lot Crazy. Of money. All right, and my last question this might be the hardest one, just because this player is kind of like he, he, he flies under the radar. All the players, mm-hmm. except for one of the players on the Golden State Warriors, was born and raised in the United States of America. Do you know the player that wasn't raised in America <laughs> and where he came from? Ooh, that is a tough one. Um, I don't. Uh, uh, Jonas Repko? <gasps> you got it right, yeah. And do you know where he's from? <laughs> uh, Serbia. No, close. Very I'm close. <laughs> uh, he's he's European, yes, but he was born uh, in Sweden. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And you started with an S. <laughs> Very close, though. All right. Thank you so much for playing uh, Court Vision with me, Mario. Uh, we are going to go into our last section of the show. So I wanted to thank you so much again for joining me on this podcast um, and just having you on, hearing your opinion about the NBA. Um, so for my last section. We like to hear a type of tip that you'd give to players when they're playing basketball. So do you have a tip that you could give maybe something defensively, offensively, communication-wise, team-wise that helps your performance as a basketball player? Um, Even before you get on the court, I'd say uh, (laughs) like eat healthy and work out a lot um, because you'd be surprised. Um, The – with the the pace, like especially with the pace of play today, um, like being fit and be being able to, I'd say both take a hit and give a hit, um, and being explosive, uh, like like those are differentiating factors um, that are huge um, playing at any level. Um, but yeah, like outside of just general fitness, um, I'd say like stay true to the fundamentals. Um, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Um, I know everyone wants to be Steph Curry and the LeBron James of the world today, and uh, they're very focused on, um, like, flashy handles um, and shooting from the logo. Um, But, yeah, (laughs) I'd say stick to the fundamentals, um, and you'll you'll be able to 
solidify like a good um, foundation, um, and then you can build from there um, and be could be drafted one day, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's some excellent advice, even for people like me who play recreational ball. Uh, just remember those fundamentals. And you're right. Uh, I should be eating more healthy and working out a little bit more uh, to improve my performance on the court. So uh, mm-hmm. thank you again, Mario, so much for that advice. Um, where can we catch you at outside of this podcast? Do you have any mentions of if you're on Twitter or if you have a YouTube channel or anything like that? Oh, um yeah, so I'm on Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle is Griffith Mario, so for my last name and first name. Um, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, not so much. Um, but yeah, like, literally just type my name um, into your search within Google, and you'll find all of my platforms. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Mario. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. All right. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Ball out.